listening to Track Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Dawn Hall here. I was in mid-yawn. <laughs> the show hadn't even started yet, and I'm bored to tears already with us. Mike, that's terrible. Uh, Mike Haig from RaceDaySA.com is here with me. Mike, how are you? Hey, Dawn, how are you? Uh, just got to say, you're yawning there. You must have spent too much time in the swimming pool today. Yeah. I'm, you got a little fun. Your face is a little red. A little bit. I'm exhausted. It's been a... It's been a day, uh, and I got a long day tomorrow ahead of me, so it's going to be a very early morning that I have to get up, I guess, around 5, so I can leave my house around 6 wow. to be at work by 7.30. So. <laughs> and you're putting, you're putting in the time and the hours. Yeah, it's about time I work. <laughs> yeah, it's about time, and I've been working hard, too. I worked on a SmackCast today, uh, so be sure and check out TrackSmackRadio.com, everyone. There's uh, all the all of the post-race press conferences from last night's nascar all-star race at bristol motor speedway we have all the audio in a pot in a in like in a podcast which is we call a smack cast and uh, i put that together today so check that out there's some good stuff there yeah definitely check it out and check out some of our other um past ones too i mean mike's gonna have uh here also you'll be having nhra stuff i know mike puts up a lot of nhra stuff we'll put up indycar uh you know we we try to get up as many things as we can uh, when the audio is available. So, you know, that way if folks want to take a listen, if they're not able to hear, or sometimes, you know, you'll just hear snippets uh, that people will post up on social media like NASCAR or IndyCar will. But um, a lot of times folks don't, they're, was hmm, really and at I, Bristol. Huh? I I missed I missed that in the race. I didn't really realize that the drivers were really complaining the track prep was horrible. Hmm. I'm I'm talking they all were criticizing the track prep how dirty the top I mean like it's like the track wasn't even cleaned from the last time they had a race there. Wow. And and they were talking about that's why you didn't see a lot of racing on the top groove because the uh, the compound they put down really hadn't worked. It's, you know, the rubber hadn't quite worked into the track. And But, but Kevin Harvick especially was talking about how, like when uh, some of the cars were driving through there, there was just dust coming up everywhere. You know, and, has Tennessee been, because, okay, let me back up, because I heard a lot of that last week at Kentucky. They were talking about how dirty the track was. And I'm wondering, I mean, I'm sure most yeah. like like light dust all over everything so it, it could be um but uh but the drivers were real critical uh about the track uh the track management there not having the track really prepped right and they felt that part of the problems with the racing last night was the fact that the drivers were saying that the track really wasn't ready for an all-star race they were very disappointed hmm. and so um and <clears throat> 
<laughs> excuse me, there I go with the coffin. But um, a lot of it too, you know, is this was a last minute change. And, you know, a lot of these tracks are working with smaller crews right now because of the shutdown and some layoffs that have taken place within the uh, SMI organization. So um, that might have been a little bit of a factor. They just didn't have all the right people out there to get it all done. And there was no rubber and there's no rubber on the track. I mean, you know, there was no no practices, no racing. So, um, you know, I I know that uh, they came with the same tire that they used in May uh, to the track. Goodyear did. So uh, but again, you know, like you said, the PJ1 really didn't have a chance to to work its way in either. So, um, you know, but I I, I think we we learned some things. We're going to talk about that. Some things that you and I both uh, like, didn't like, um, you know, things that we learn and we move forward and, and go with, but overall, Mike, your, your thoughts on, on what we saw. I actually liked it mm-hmm. uh, maybe because it was a change of venue yes. and then a couple things that I liked about it was, um, and I kind of wanted to go, I'm looking at a picture of me right now with my virtual background and I see some fans in the stands and that's what I'm kind of envisioning what I saw last night. It was great to see people spread out low, spread out all over that track and around that track. I know it wasn't quite the crowd that we normally would have had for a race like this, but it was nice to see some fans back in the stands. Now, I think they should have had some mask on. Yes. That's just my opinion there. But um, I like the cars, the the paint schemes with the change in the number, mm-hmm. moving back a little bit with the sponsor, you know, more on the door. I like that look. I thought it gave the cars a whole different look and everything. Um, the lighting underneath the back end, the glow, what is that called? Glow lighting? Or? The underglow? Uh-huh. Underglow. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, what I would have liked to have seen is maybe um, – each car have a color that's matched toward their paint scheme. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was kind of, uh, and the- some, some kind of did. Yeah. But anyway, but I would like to see maybe more lighting underneath there, but, uh, overall I thought the racing was good and, um, you know, Chase Elliott gets the win and, and I thought Kyle was maybe going to catch him there at the end, but he just didn't have the car at, at the end to catch him. You know, I I agree with you on the paint scheme. The the number I thought looked awesome. Um, that's something that I could handle multiple times throughout the season, yeah. like at different, like maybe big events like Daytona, um, you know, Char- uh, the Coke 600, you know, maybe things like that. It would be cool to, to do something like that. At. Um, the underglow, I agree with you. I, I it, To me, it didn't have as big of a impact as what people thought it was going to because we all saw what we all saw at nashville you know during the burnout competition thing that they did or whatever um at the end of the season last year we saw the underglow and it was on the entire car and it was badass and so you know i had been telling you i would love to see that um i i was reading things and i don't know if it's true or not i may have to check with philippe or some or some of the other guys but i was reading that the reason they didn't do it on the whole entire car though is because the front ends are so low that they couldn't do it um on the front but i probably if they had any lighting underneath probably would have ripped it right out (laughs) yeah but i would like to see if there's some way that they could do that and then one of the things now i think some people were kind of saying this sarcastically but i'm going to take a sarcastic comment and and turn it into something that could happen. People were saying, well, turn the lights off and then let's see it. Okay. Well, I don't want them to run the race like that, but what I think would be cool 
is when they first get in and they're doing the pace laps around the track, if yeah. they dim, if they turn the lights down or turn off some of them, that would be pretty damn badass. That would be, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would have been. So Kevin Hart was pretty critical about the lights. And he said the only person that really liked it was his eight-year-old son. You know, and again, and, and again, you and yeah. I talked about it. I think that there's a lot of people that are just kind of traditionalist and they don't, they, they saw it as a gimmick and you know what, in a, in a sense it is, but um, I mentioned to you earlier, I look at it like I'm used to all-star weekends, you know, for the NBA and for baseball and that kind of thing. And every venue you go to, you know, because they go to a different venue has its own unique thing that goes on while they have their specific, like the three, you know, three point shootout or the, um, the home run derby or, you know, I mean, they always have like a specific deal, but it's flavored around where they are, you know, what city they're in or whatnot. And I even told you if, if that's something that they thought about doing is, you know, traveling it or whatever, it would be cool to let the tracks kind of do their own little thing and play with. And come on people. It's like lighten up. It's one race. It's the all-star race. The all-star race has been boring every year. They've tried to, change up this change up that and it was boring and i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was at charlotte which typically tends to be a boring track to begin with um well i think they could do something cool like let's say for instance you know you have it out at fontana and a vegas theme or you know maybe up in um, new hampshire something like with the lobsters or you know something you know northern or you know it's it's a gimmick. I, I mean, know. the all-star race itself is yeah. a gimmick. The the whole thing about it, it's not a normal race. And it's like, stop thinking of it as, oh, my God, they put underglow in the car. Now they're going to want to do it on all 36 races. No, yeah. that's not no. what they were doing. They were trying something different. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, you know, I. How they how they do like when like when the NBA came, you know, the San Antonio that one year for the. We had we hosted the All Star Game. It was way back in the nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, they had it at the Alamo Dome, and um, they did some really cool stuff. But a lot of times, you see now with with these themed uh, events with uh, jerseys and fan stuffs they have, and that's kind of what I, I think they ought to try. At least try it. Yeah. It might you know entice more fans to come, and if they make it more fan fan friendly with fam, family events and things where you want to bring the kids as well. Just do it and try it and see what happens. Well, I saw some people even make comments and, and I, I think to, now I think of IndyCar, but I'm trying to think of what other racing forms they were talking about, but with the, um, LCD lights or whatever, and you know how, I mean, IndyCar has that on the, uh, you know, it's like the digital thing on their, on their panels, but, and, and I did like some of the ideas people were saying, what if you had the underglow lights like to show lead lap cars or whatnot, you know, I mean, change it, change the color. Like all the, all the cars in the lead lap are red and the one lap downs are blue and the two lap downs are are green or something or, or the leaders in yellow or something, you know, so you can look out there and see who the leader is. I, it's yeah. like on a on a half mile track, you got cars all over the place. Yeah, and you're sitting in the stands, and if you look away to talk to somebody and look back, you know, like where'd he go? You know, because <laughs> they go around that track in 15 seconds. Yeah, well, that's another that's another thing. A lot of the drivers were saying, and we have it on the podcast. You can listen to some of the uh, feedback that the drivers gave, but they they said it went by too fast. That's the complaint that I had. I think they needed more laps in the stages. I really do. 
Yeah, because like the time of the race, the overall time of the race, it looks like, well, this is the open, I think, was looking at the stats here. The open was 47 minutes, and that was an 85-lap race. And then, let's see, uh, the time of the race for the all-star race was uh, one hour and eight minutes. That's not very long for a 140-lap race. Yeah. When you only have five cautions, you know. No, not at all. So, uh, overall, though, I thought thought it was good. (laughs) Excuse me. Yes. Here's the top ten. We had Chase Elliott finishing first. Kyle Busch was second. Then Kevin Harvick was third. Brad Keselowski was fourth. Denny Hamlin was fifth. Ryan Blaney was sixth. Joey Logano seventh. Alex Bowman eighth. Eric Amarola ninth. And Martin Trex Jr. was tenth. There were 20 cars in the race. And Don, all... 20 cars finished on the lead lap in the all-star race. So I thought that was kind of impressive too. Nobody really got any laps down or anything. We had everybody running on the lead lap. So um, we got all the results, pictures, and everything on my website, racedaysa.com. So check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. And and we had drama. Uh, there was drama there in the opening segment uh, with one of the fan favorites, of course, Bubba Wallace, trying to race his way in for the second year in a row. And him and Michael McDowell get – uh, tangled up and yeah <laughs> um, you know again it's so funny because I guess it's watching racing and, and talking about it is subjective I guess to how you see things because you know you and I uh, it's almost like politics <laughs> I mean lately it's just you know yeah. one person sees something one way and the other person it's like complete opposite and so you know i've gone back and i've watched i've listened to people who have said well bubba was beating and banging on on him earlier in you know in the race pretty early on anyways that they wrecked but i'm like that's bristol you know and i i get it but and i'm not trying to make excuses for bubba if that was the case and that was the case but everyone that they talked to and in fact shoot i'm trying to think of who it was at the time that was behind michael mcdowell when when the wreck happened he, they even said he turned him. He 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 deliberately turned into him and 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 turned him and and wrecked him, which you know most people attributed to a payback, which again is normally part of Bristol or part of an all star race and part of Bristol yeah. for sure because it's easy to say, oh, I was just racing hard <laughs> at Bristol, yeah. but there was controversy afterwards. Um, you don't have the audio right. No. Okay, that's okay. Um, and actually, I could go put it in. So um, there was controversy afterwards. Bubba did an interview uh, immediately after the infill care center. Uh, do you want to take a listen to that real quick? Yeah, let's hear what he had to say. All right, here's Bubba Wallace right after the wreck uh, as he's exiting the infilled care center there at Bristol. All right, so Mike. Um, yeah, about the hair. You catch that? That yeah. was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mom. <laughs> sorry, Mom. <laughs> you know. I got a love of sense of humor. Yeah, and that's why, and again, like, so when he says something like that, I think of, okay, he's kind of being a little lighthearted about it, so he's probably going to sarcasm to yeah. kind of mask his anger. But he basically, after I went back and listened a couple of times, Mike, because people were just up you know, in an uproar about his post-race interview. And I'm thinking, what was it that he said that was so offensive? Um, Did I miss something? And so I go back and I think it was God-fearing. Isn't that what he said? Um, I believe so. And here's what I took from it, Mike. I mean, because I've made comments like that before. I take from that that what he was saying is he's waiting for Michael McDowell to be a hypocrite. 
that he he practices things about respect and this kind of stuff, but then he doesn't do that on the track or he doesn't, you know, pay do the same thing. And so he's being hypocritical. That's how I took it. I don't think he was being, you know, anti-Christian or whatever these people want to go to these extremes with. And then the coolest part is he goes and does something that every old school driver out there would be like, oh, kudos to you. He takes his broken ass bumper and dumps it dumps it at um at michael mcdowell's hauler leaves it there and you know what i oh i'm sorry my microphone was messing up you know what i hear from everyone on that michael uh michael mike what i hear from most people is not how great that was was well he should be fine because he's walking around that infield without his mask on and blah 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 and and i'm thinking okay yes and you know what nascar has rules and he should be fine but with that said the race was going on, so that garage area was empty. Yeah, you know, no one was there. No one was he there. Was socially, he was socially distanced from everybody. And <laughs> and again, what is the difference in that than the post race with even though Chase I think had on a mask, but running up to the stands and and slapping hands yeah. with fans that don't have on mask and he's touching them. I yeah. don't. You know, again, these are things that I and and I'm not blaming Chase either. I think everyone is caught up in the moment. You know, and it's the heat of the moment and he's on this winning high. He's not thinking about any of that. He just wants to celebrate with the fans because they haven't had fans there. And that which is the same exact thing that happened. If you think back to when Ryan Blaney won a few weeks ago and Bubba Wallace went at Talladega, went up to the fence and people said the same thing. Well, he didn't have on a mask and he was up there shaking hands. But. Exactly. Same rules apply, you know, but he was caught up in the moment. So I don't know, Mike, I just, I don't want to come on here every week and feel like I'm beating, you know, a dead horse with this or shoving down or like I'm making excuses for bubble walls. I don't need to make excuses for him. I invite folks to go and take a look. I've retweeted it. Um, I don't know if you have or not, but the players tribune.com, you can go there and read, uh, Bubba put out, um, I think they do a lot of athletes will do like a, what do you call it, Mike? Like a op-ed, I guess is what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he did one and it's called Come Ride With Me, where he takes a little bit of time to explain he didn't want, he's not trying to be a hero. You know, he didn't, he, this isn't something that he wanted and thrust himself into because he wanted the the fame or whatever. Yeah, You have to go read it and read about how long he has avoided this issue and avoided things and how he himself admits to being in denial that there was racism and stuff because either he was shielded from it. Um, you know, he, of course there was times when he would see it going on, but he just didn't think about it because he had friends that didn't, you know, treat him like that or whatever, but go and read it because Mike, I don't care what anyone says. They can make excuses. And I went on this whole thing. I posted on Twitter and Facebook today if you're offended because he said something about somebody being a hypocrite, but use the word that they were God fearing or whatnot. Like I said, you need to go look in the mirror and, you know, instead of judging other people, start judging yourself and find out what is it? What truly is the thing about it? What's, what's the reason behind it? When people post stuff about black lives matter or what, what is it that is so enraging to you that bothers you? Because again, you and I have talked about it. The Black Lives Matter movement 
Now, yes, there has been people that have taken that and gone to an extreme with it, just like people do all the yeah. time. But the general movement and feeling behind Black Lives Matter is that until Black Lives Matter, all lives don't matter. And you get yeah. sick of people throwing that, oh, no, well, it's all lives matter. Like they're offended that you're pointing out, like it says, Black Lives Only Matter. And it doesn't yeah. say that. And so, again, I just ask people, if if all lives matter in your opinion, then why does that statement, Black Lives Matter, bother you? I know. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, Mike. And I, I don't care. We we both, you pointed out to me more than, I know I bitch about it more, but you pointed out to me a lot more than than the other way around. It's disgusting the stuff that you go and read and then will people will have the nerve to say it's not about the color of his skin he sucks as a driver he does this no trust me it's about the color of his skin when you go read the comments yeah. when they're oh, yeah. you know uh, yeah you don't you know if it ain't about the color of his skin then i don't know what throwing the n-word out there is for yeah i i have seen people sharing stories that um have been done about him and then they they share they share the story and that uh-huh and you know mm -hmm. what and i mean throwing the n-word out there on on facebook i'm like damn that's i'm surprised you're not getting banned for 20 or 30 days or whatever they do well for just making comments like that i mean mike we've I had just, philippe on the show horrible. we've had philippe lopez their director of competition on the show with you and i yeah. where he specifically stated in fact if we have to go back and find the audio i will he himself i mean this is what his job is so he deals with the money he deals with everything with that team and he has told us he's told everyone Bubba is an incredible talent that unfortunately they cannot showcase his full potential his full talent because they yeah. don't have the financial means to do so right now they are working yeah, with a limited really, budget they're barely getting the car there with their crew from week to week right now thank you that's something else I point and out and people, people understand how expensive it is just a set of tires cost a hell of a lot of money mm -hmm. you know if the fuel and then you got to pay for the travel expenses of everybody and the parts and it, it's a very expensive you know uniforms and oh man there's all kind of stuff that they have in those haulers the cars themselves you and i both yeah. know while covid was going on i mean we both talked to philippe we listened to philippe tell us in fact he told us on the air when yeah. they were getting ready to go, what was the track? Was it Martinsville that they were going to? I think the first, so. The first, yeah. RPM, or Richard Petty Motorsports didn't have a short track car at that point. They did yeah. not have a car in their stable. They didn't yeah. have the money for it. So that's, and, and I put that out there today. I'm like, I don't think people truly understand the situation and how the, Philippe <laughs> couldn't even travel to races because they were only sending Mandan, I mean, <laughs> key yeah. essential people so the yeah. director of competition <laughs> who i would on most payroll things is a pretty essential person he's pretty up there yeah. he could not travel with the team he was doing everything from home last year not this year last year even um because he can't you know they they're funding yeah. and from week to week not even sure he wouldn't pay himself to make sure that crew members got paid yeah, you know, but Don, it, it was really uh, just real quick going back to him laying the bumper at the McDowell hauler there. That was hilarious. And you see a picture that somebody took from 
I don't know, some camera or something showing him right there. After he had dropped it off, it's priceless. I mean, that was funny. It was perfect. It was classic. And I'm sorry that I went on that long rant. I, my point yeah. to all of that is I, I would see a lot of people put stuff like, uh, it sucks that Tony Stewart isn't around. Somebody like Tony because he'd punch him straight up in his face. He wouldn't tolerate that. And I'm laughing because, like I said, Bubba Wallace is Tony Stewart. He is today's Tony Stewart. I'm yeah. so, I have heard Tony Stewart in the heat of the moment say way worse offensive things about people in the oh, heat, yeah. during interviews and stuff. And I guarantee you, I will say this, go online, go, go on Twitter and read some of Tony Stewart's comments about Bubba Wallace. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's not one of the guys out there possibly looking to move Bubba over to his team. That's his yeah. kind of driver. I mean, he's straight up emotion he runs on emotions and you know what people bitch that there's not enough personality there's not enough emotions in this sport and yet here's a guy that literally yeah giving you some personality and then you're bitching about him yeah it's just you cannot it doesn't make sense mm -mm, you cannot win and so anyway well, i've learned i've learned in the last couple of weeks that you know i've been really Champion real champ championing real hard for the teachers because a lot of my teacher friends I'm retired now you know as a teacher but a lot of my teacher friends are really concerned about going back to work and I know we're getting off on a tangent here but a lot of people have tried to take me down on social media that you know you shouldn't be saying this and you you're just putting fear in people and what about the kids and you know the kids they need to go back to school and the parents have to work and and I'm like, yeah, what about the kids? I'm worried about the kids. I'm worried about them getting sick. And we're finding now more and more kids are getting COVID-19. And in Florida, all these tests are coming back. And a lot of them are, have tested positive. And, and so, yeah, we need to be worried about the kids. But the point I'm trying to make is, is it seems like no matter what you put out there or whatever you try to champion for, people are just going to come attack you like you can't believe. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad. It's to the point where I don't even really want to go on Facebook anymore. I know. Well, I put, you so know, ne so neg negative. I put my stuff out there and in it, I, I even know. admitted, I mean, I'm judgmental. I'm being judgmental on these people. And, oh, I know. and is that right of me? Maybe not, but you know what? There's a big difference in, in being judgmental on people who are being racist and, you know, and, and you're being yeah. judgmental because it's a right thing to do and call them out. Yeah. Or just, or being judgmental, being racist and being judgmental, you know? I mean, I just think that there's no, there's no place for it anymore. And, and anyone who allows it to happen, um, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, you've got to call these people out and I'm tired of it. And, you know, I don't care if Mike, I mean, and, and again, I don't want it to affect you, but I don't care if it affects hits on my website or whatever on my, you know, I, I don't care about that. You know, I'm I'm tired of sitting by and letting people, you know, I know people are like, well, you force your stuff. No, I'm I'm trying to make a better world for our kids to grow up in. Yeah. You, you know, and no person. This is his job. His job is to race a car. You know, he yeah. does not deserve to be talk the way that these people are i mean it's just disgusting and you know what mike what really infuriates me is i saw the same bullshit with danica patrick well, it was just on the section you know, yeah and, and she had no business in the sport a lot of the guys said yeah 
And because she spoke her mind and because she would stand up, yeah. you know, and say so, oh, she's a bitch. She's this. She's like that, that when she went storming down the track that time after that one driver in the car series. She did it to yeah. Dan Weldon, the late Dan Weldon. Yeah. She smacked him in the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Now, she's just nothing but a bitch. Anybody you else know, would have been like, yeah, punch him, punch. You know, if it was dudes, people would have been all yeah. excited about it because he got, you know, I, anyway, moving on. And, yeah, moving on. But hey, uh, <laughs> you know, um, we, we move now to Texas Motor Speedway. Scary. Are we through talking Bristol? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, anyway, well, we're moving on to Texas Motor Speedway, Dawn. And um, big weekend at the mile and a half. You and I won't be there, but uh, I guarantee you one thing. Even though I won't be there, I will definitely be glued to that TV to see what happens this weekend because we have the uh, trucks, Xfinity, and the cup cars. The truck race is uh, Saturday night. On FS1, it's the Vancor 350 for the NASCAR Gander RV Outdoor Truck Series. That race will be on 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1. And then we have the um, NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, My Bariatric Solutions 300 race that, act, that race is actually before the truck race on Saturday. So we have a doubleheader Saturday there. 3, 3 p.m. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, 2.30 p.m. It says Eastern time on NBCSN. That'll be that that race. So no fans in the stands on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Sunday we have the actual uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts 500. That race is going to start at 2.30 Eastern time. Um, or the coverage on NBCSN, and that's going to be for the Cup Series. So uh, wish we could be there. But yeah. health-wise, and uh, I probably could have got credentials if I wanted to. If I, maybe uh, I know they opened it up for more Texas media to, to come to the race, but I decided not even to try because uh, I'm still a little concerned about getting in big crowds or any kind of crowd like that. And I really don't want to go out there and sit in the heat anyways. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest storyline, in my opinion, because I'm looking at it right now. And again, I know a lot of people will put in Fort Worth. Um, the actual location of the track is in Justin, Texas. So, yeah. um, which, you know, it's funny because people say Fort Worth, but I mean, it's like a good 20 minutes outside of Fort Worth. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's right there. Not even in, it's not even in fort worth is in tarrant county it's not even in tarrant county it's mm -mm. in denton county yeah yeah I, closer I, to denton than it is uh but but we say fort worth that's the date line that we use for all of our stories and it's like it's like saying dallas for dallas cowboys but the stadium's in arlington so yeah <laughs> um, yeah but uh i'm looking at it and so for sunday for sunday's race the high um is 97 degrees uh, low of 76 and I can tell you today's high here was uh, let me see let me go back today was high was 99 and it felt like it was 115 so um, yeah that's what you're, <laughs> that's what they're gonna be you know because again we described this the other day but we have here in Texas um, <laughs> we have the heat index that we deal with because yeah. of the humidity. And so um, it's just crazy right now. And it's, it's, well, it's going to be fun. And if they thought that that track, that those tracks that they've been to the last couple of days were dirty, um, <laughs> then they're going to be in for fun when they come to Texas. 
And Kevin Harvick was saying he hopes they've been working on the track a little bit, maybe dragging the tires and stuff, get the track ready. Um, but there's no practice. I, don't, I think there's, from what I understand, there's no practice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're just coming no, no, and racing. No qualifying. They're just coming in the race. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dawn, I was looking here. Um, you know, the track opened in, in on April the 6th, 1997. And... Um, the track has hosted 38 NASCAR races, their Cup Series races. This, so this is the 39th race. And uh, the event was won, as we know, with the inaugural race by Jeff Burton. Um, but the 38 races that they've had there, they've had uh, 25 different pole winners. Hmm. And they also have had 19 different race winners. So a lot of guys have won here, but they haven't won more than once, you know. Yeah. Because there hasn't been a whole lot of repeat winners. So, um and, you know, the looking at some of the guys that have won, Jimmy's run well here. You know, Kevin's run very well here. So, uh, with, uh, I think Eric Amarola is on the pole. Yep, yep. Did I see that right? Yeah, Eric is on the pole, and uh, Blaney will start second. Uh, Kurt Busch, then Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and Martin Truex Jr. will round out the top ten. Good. And uh, so I think we're going to see um, an interest, an interesting race on Sunday because of the fact that, well, on Sunday, there'll be a little bit of rubber down because of the Saturday night and Saturday afternoon race with the trucks mm-hmm. and the, um, and the Xfinity's cars. So, but though, now those races, okay. Going back to those races, we might see some interesting, uh, uh, you know, crashes and who knows what else. What else we'll see in those two races? Because uh, that will be a pretty green track, you might say, especially Saturday when the when the Xfinity cars take to the track first, and then. But hopefully they'll put down enough rubber where we'll see uh, some good racing on Sunday. Um, but again, with it as hot as it is in the in the mid afternoon in July, we've never had a race at Texas in July, Mm-mm. a Cup race that I know of. Um, it's always either been in the fall or the or the early spring, you know, April or November. So, um, but heck, uh, this this is going to be interesting to see how it all plays out on the track on Sunday. Well, and I'm looking, Mike. Um, the other thing that I'm looking at is for Saturday, the high on Saturday, 96, mostly sunny skies, wind south southeast from 10 to 20 miles an hour. Chance of rain, uh, chance of rain, 10% UV index is extreme um, and humidity will almost be at 60%. I'm looking where the chance of rain comes in and I would venture to say if, okay, again, the racetrack from where I live right now is about 35 minutes away and Mm -hmm. we have been getting rain showers, just these pop-up thunderstorms that'll happen, you know, because of the heat and a lot of times it's happening in the evening time. Uh, and overnight so I'm laughing because again coming into Sunday it it shows that there's zero chance of rain one thing we've learned about Texas is if it says there's zero chance of rain there's usually a chance of rain and if it says there's 50 percent chance of rain it won't rain yeah (laughs) Um, but I was gonna say I just wonder if maybe overnight I mean, there's a chance that there could be some, you know, a pop-up shower here and there because that's what happens with these, you know, summer thunderstorms that are based off of the heat. So, um, but it's going to be hot. It is going to be hot. The track's going to be slick. Um, 
I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to watch. And then I'm also going to be very interested to see. I know the guys there at Texas Motor Speedway sent out some stuff um, showing all the precautions that they're trying to take for the stands and stuff to tell yeah. people, you know, what they should and shouldn't be doing, you know, wearing their mask and such. But, Mike, I will say this. After watching the Bristol race and seeing people in the stands and I, I saw, you know, yeah, there was social distancing. I mean, you had families sitting together. Um, you know, there's social distancing, but again, if you're sitting and, and I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I've been to Bristol. I've been to Texas, you know, as well as I do, when you're walking up and down those stairs, you're holding on to that railing when you're doing it. Well, how is that being sanitized? You know, I mean, they're supposed to have some of the people that are watching the areas, the ushers and stuff. They're going to have crews there come down every once in a while and wipe down the, uh, the, the aisles in the sections where the fans are. <clears throat> They're supposed to have a protocol. I understand, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, in the bathrooms, they've uh, dis disconnected all of the uh, blowers mm -hmm. and the, you know, the hand blowers for your, when you wash your hands and they're going to go with just paper towels. Okay. Okay. And so there's things like that they've done. Um, I'm trying to think what else they've put a lot of measures in to try to keep things clean and sanitized. Um, I think they're going to have some sanitation stations that you can, you know, do your hands and stuff on there. And um, but I know, um, I know it's going to be hot. I know it's going to be uh, kind of windy. You mentioned the wind. Man, sometimes it gets windy up there, so that that dries things out as well. So yeah, uh, again, come come hydrated. Come hydrated. Bring a mask. And the one thing I hope that we see is when everyone rushes down to the fence at the end uh, at the finish line to try to take pictures or grab the flag or whatever they try to do. I hope we see people with masks on because that was not what we wanted to see the other day. Which again, it made me kind of wonder if you're sitting in the stands and they say, you don't have to have the mask on when you're sitting in your seat, but then you get up. I mean, everyone was on top of each other. It was, no. it was crazy. And again, it's going to be hotter than Hades. People are going to be yeah. sweating nasty. I just, please be careful. That's all I ask of, of people is to please be careful. Cause, um, there ain't no room for you. Well, and, and again, you're no. not, you're not going to get sick here. I mean, that's yeah. the thing people need to understand. You're not going to, unless you already have it, but you're not going to get around somebody and all of a sudden you're sick 10, you know, two, three yeah, hours later. later. Yeah, that, yeah. That's just mm -hmm. stupid to even, I don't even know why that's even be being thrown out there as an option, but our hospitals are at capacity here. So, yeah. um, you know, if you've been, if you've gotten sick and you're traveling here, you know, and the other thing too is make sure when you're traveling here, please make sure that if you've got plans to go somewhere else that you're checking with wherever else you're supposed to go because it's pretty strict about travel. Texas is one of the states that has a travel ban on it. So, um, yeah, you're going to want to be very careful, but I, I wish Eddie and the guys there, Jake, Dave, the, the rest of the team there, I wish them the best yeah. with this. And, and I'll be putting some preview of material up on my website tomorrow about the race, the, some facts and some stats and some other stuff. So I'll have all the coverage from the truck is Xfinity and cup with some photo gallery. So check out race day essay.com over the weekend. I'll have a lot of stuff. And then we got some more more, more races around the country going on, Don. Yeah. What else we got? 
Well, up in Iowa on Friday and Saturday is the Iowa 250. The IndyCar Series rolls into town, and uh, that's going to be a pretty good little race. Uh, we've had Scott Dixon uh, doing extremely well this, this past year in the short season that they've been going on, but they're going to have a race on um, – Let's see, qualifying is going to be um, Friday night at 5.30. And um, the Iowa IndyCar 250, race number one is, let's see, it's at 9, 9.15. It's probably Eastern time. Okay. And uh, then it shows um, another race on Saturday. So I guess they're doing a double header. Yes, I believe so. So the race on Saturday is going to be on at 8.45 p.m. And um, that's also going to be on NBCSN. So uh, I'll have uh, I have the IndyCar. It's called the Iowa IndyCar 250 Fast Facts. I'll have that up on the website at racedaysa.com. So you can check out all the all the links. The, there's links to the to IndyCar.com's website, Iowa Speedway's website. I'm not sure if they're letting fans in for this race. I have not heard. I don't know what the the rules are, and that this little press release that I have right here doesn't really say. But um, but they have um, a pretty good field of cars are expected, and Joseph Newgarden won this race last year. Cool, cool. And then we've got NHRA, don't we? Yeah, we're back at. Um, the uh, Lucas Oil Raceway in in Indianapolis, right outside of Indianapolis. We were there last weekend. We're back this weekend. They're going to have the qualifying on Saturday. It's on Fox in FS1. And then the race is Sunday pretty early, I think around 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Live. It's going to be live. <clears throat> and uh, it's also going to be on the Fox network, on uh, on the big, big network. Okay. Yeah, don't forget, I know you mentioned it earlier, but just just really quick, one more reminder, uh, NASCAR races, truck, Xfinity series, and uh, the Cup series, all three, NBC, uh, the NBC networks and stuff will be now uh, for the rest of the season. So Rick and Steve Letarte and Junior and um, Jeff Burton all will be uh, have the calls and stuff. So, oh, which by the way, okay, let me go back to being the negative Nancy. Your thoughts on DW? <laughs> uh, I was like, really? And then he screwed up and did it too soon. They had to do it again. <laughs> I know. I just, uh, I felt bad though. Cause you can tell he probably like really misses it and really wants to be back in the booth and do that thing, you know, do it. But, um, yeah, he, uh, hang on one sec. Mm-hmm. We're going to edit that out. Yeah. He um, tweeted out a tweet on Twitter. Um, Don that talked about um, how much he missed the guys on the network. And he's always, you know, Fox first or whatever. He hashtagged at the end and you can tell he really misses it. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of felt bad for him, <laughs> but that network the coverage is good, but they're lacking something still. There's, I still say they have a missing piece there. Yeah. On their coverage. Well, we'll they see. Use... The missing piece could be Clint Boyer. Yeah. It really could. He did a great job when they were doing the iRacing. He added a lot to the broadcast. You're seeing a lot of rumors out there that he's yeah. he'll be 
going to the booth next season is what a lot of people seem to think. And uh, well, speaking of rumors, go back to the NHRA for a second. I heard some rumors that this race this weekend may be the season finale, that they may not continue. Because some of the tracks, now I don't know, there's a lot of rumors floating around. And so we'll have to see if anything plays out. But where I'm going with this is John Force Racing has not returned. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that in a minute. But what, I'm, where I, what I want to say is the fact is that these rumors are say, stating that some of the tracks that they're going to down the road, like they're going to have a, a break in the action, like they're going to have this race this weekend. But then I, I think it's not until mid-August or later in August when they pick up their season again. They're taking like a two or three, four-week break. But some of the places they're going to around the state, the numbers are real high right now. And they may not be able to have fans in the, in the stands at the track. Now, the NHRA doesn't have a contract. I mean, they have a TV contract with FS1 and Fox. But it's not anywhere near what NASCAR has. Yeah. So um, they have to have fans at the racetrack in order to like break even or pay the purse. And the other thing they're having, they have a shortage of nitromethane right now. Mm. Now I heard over the weekend that some of the nitro uh, or the teams that top fuel and nitro funny car don their pan $1,650 for a 42 gallon drum of barrel drum of uh nitromethane wow and it's really really high right now it's supply and demand because of the shutdown and layoffs and stuff they're not making so if there's no nitro available or these teams can't afford nitro they're not gonna be able to race mm-hmm. so the nhra season may be coming to an end now we're at, or the they may have to end the season a lot sooner than they thought or not have as many races as they thought. So John force has not been back. He has not said anything, no announcement. Nope. No, no, nothing basically. And I kind of wonder, did John know about this? Did he see this coming? Mm. And maybe that's why he said, we're not coming back. Yeah. Cause you are going to shut down. I'm not going to spend the money for two races. So we're going to have to kind of watch and see if, if what old Mike Hague is saying right now is going to play out because maybe it will, maybe it won't. But uh, it sure is interesting the fact that uh, these rumors are out there and it's looking like it damn well could happen. So well, stay it, tuned. And again, I don't I mean, this is your thing. So I'm just, you know, correct yeah. me, please, if I'm wrong. But I know two places on the schedule that right now would be Houston and of course, Dallas, where they come to up here at the Texas Motorplex. Those are two places that you, they don't want to come to right now. Cause, and then, um, the Gator, what the, uh, Flo- in Florida, yeah, the Gator nationals in Florida, the Gainesville, they're supposed to go back to the, to that track and make up that race. Yeah. And that, that race got canceled or postponed. Uh, the one in, um, Baytown when they're, they all, everybody stays in Houston, but Houston's numbers are through the roof right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys are really afraid to come. Uh, they're supposed to be the next track, the next race track they're supposed to go to after this weekend in Indy. And then, like I said, there's a two or three or four week break. I forgot how long it is, is Denver. Mm-hmm. 
and Denver got in trouble because they had a drag race on the 4th of July that, that Saturday night. And they were only supposed to have like seven or I don't know, two or 3000 people, like 7,000 people showed up. They couldn't keep the people apart. They all wanted to sit together. They weren't wearing masks and the, they, they came in and shut down the, the racetrack after the, that event. And then they had to go to court and everything. And so that race might not even happen. They're not even, they, they're still fighting in court whether or not they're going to be able to have the NHRA event there. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh, when you think about where they race, look at their schedule, they race at a, in a lot of the States where the numbers are high right now. And, and um I don't know. It may not, I hate to say it, but it it may not happen. Well, and you know, I think about John Force and John Force racing and Mike, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I mean, here's a guy that, I mean, first of all, he is in that category age wise of being a high risk or yeah. at risk. He's also got a grandbaby on the way. Um, and it's his daughter's first child. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he wants to be as much of a part or, or in her life. And then, you know, his son-in-laws are, I mean, it's like everything yeah. with that team is family based. And so I think, you know, they, they understand too, that if one gets sick, the likelihood is they're all going to, you know, because they're yeah. so tight knit. And Robert Height, his son-in-law is, uh, let's see, I'm 52. I think Robert's about 47, 48, maybe 50 years old. So mm -hmm. he's in getting in that age group where, you know, he's vulnerable and, and, um, like you said, you know, they're all, they're such a tight knit group. So um, we'll see. But what's, what's crazy about this is Don two miles down the road from the track is where John Forrest racing has their, all their cars and shop mm. right there in, in, in Browns, Brownsfield or wherever that is in Indiana, whatever they, the name of the town there, whatever it's right outside of Indianapolis, but hell his class, his, his, his shop is the closest shop to the track there at, Lucas Oil Raceway, and they weren't there. Hmm. Very interesting. So, yeah, very interesting. So, anyway, stay tuned. I'll have the story if I if I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys. I'll, well, I'll, I'll report on it at least. Yeah, make sure like again follow um, Mike's page there at racedaysa.com. It's easy to remember, but if for any reason you don't, if you go to our TrackSmack page, if you're listening here at the podcast, whatnot, you'll see on the TrackSmack main page. Uh, there's a little menu thing and it has news. And if you click on the news thing, it'll take you straight to Mike's page. So, um, and you can do that anytime. It's always going to take you there because Mike is my go-to source for the news. So, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Um, if you're going to the track this weekend, to any of the tracks, um, that have fans, but especially Texas Motor Speedway, please, please, please take all the caution you can with both the COVID stuff, but especially with this heat, because it is nothing to play around with. I'm telling you. And, uh, we hope to be able to talk to you and have you guys back to, uh, listen to our follow-up shows, um, after the Texas race, uh, either late Saturday night, early Monday morning, Mike will have the updates and stuff for you. And then we'll bring you a, uh, a track smack review yeah. and, and preview of, Kansas, which is going to be Kansas. an interesting topic there because Kansas is one of the states that has uh, travel bans going. Yeah, and if, you, if you've been to Texas, you're not supposed to go to Kansas. Yeah, without quarantining Quarantine. for, for, for so, 14 days. So that's an interesting topic. Um, and maybe we'll see about so having on a 
one of the crew guys or something to talk about that because that is something that's been being talked about in the in the crew areas. So and did they lift that restriction for the cup guard cup guys? Is there a, like a like a escape clause there for those guys. I don't know. I don't know either. And, and, you know, one, one last thing <laughs> that we'll address, Mike, and again, it's Thursday evening that we're talking. There was a lot of talk over the last couple of days. We even discussed it um, both on the NASCAR side of stuff. And then just here in Texas in general with us about, are we shutting down? Is the state shutting down? A lot of rumors uh, about that because a lot of the topics, our talk was we would be shutting down by the end of the week. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott came out today and said no. Um, I mean, to the disappointment of a lot of people here in the state, no, we're not shutting down. And uh, again, I, I, I hate to say these kind of things, but here's what we have to do. It's the same thing that they've had to do for conventions and other things is we're going to be waiting two weeks from tomorrow and, or, and two, two weeks from yesterday in Bristol, Tennessee. And we're going to see if numbers go up, if cases go up in those areas, um, if cases go up here. And I mean, unfortunately, you know, when you think about Texas Motor, I can only speak on Texas Motor Speedway's behalf, but right across the street from TMS is an, is a huge outlet mall center. There's Bucky's, there's food places. There's so many yeah. different places that people go into. And if they let their guard down, fans will be there and, and not even just, okay. And I'm not blaming fans, but everyday people that live there and the cases yeah. are, are, are on the rise here is the problem. And so there's a major interstate highway, uh, 35 West goes yeah. right by the track. So, and a lot more back and forth from, you know, going into Fort Worth or heading up to Oklahoma mm -hmm. and I've a lot seen of traffic and that, that Bucky's a lot of people stop, take a pause for the cause, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> and, have a pit and, stop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen people, too, posting, you know, about flying in from Denver and other places like that coming in for the race. So just be careful. You know, that's all I can say. I, I mean, at this point, you know, I don't want to keep anyone from having a good time and having fun. And, you know, if I felt safe enough, I would be there. But, you know, unfortunately for me, I just don't. And with my job and stuff, I can't afford to take those, you know, that I can't afford to take any more risks than I already you know, yeah. do. And that's working for a doctor who's directly dealing with dealing with COVID-19 stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but, uh, Mike, you stay safe and stay inside, I'm stay cool. Staying home. All right. Staying home. We're getting a lot of getting fat and getting lazy. I need to get with it here. I need to, <laughs> this quarantine and stuff is for the birds. It is not good. For, not good for the health. <laughs> wow. Eat, eat, eating and drinking too much. All right. Well, Oh, well. oh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't line do up. No, well, I mean the lineup, no, but we didn't do picks. Oh yeah. So uh, I mean, you wanna you wanna do it real quick? Throw out who you think at Texas? Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Kevin Harvick for the win. Don, my uh, long shot was gonna be Eric Amarola, and uh, my um, really really long shot is Matty D. I like what Matty how Matty D is driving these days. I like. Uh, his style is he's coming on. I mean, I would not be surprised if you get him in the right position and get a, get a win. So that's my three, Kevin, Eric, and Maddie, Maddie D. All right. I'm going to say, uh, Denny Hamlin for the okay. win. Um, I'm going to say my dark horse. I'm going to go sentimental here. I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson because he does really well yeah. at Texas. So I'm going to yeah. say Jimmy. And um, my really dark horse is going to be 
Um, shoot, I'll go Cole Custer again. Why not? Oh, man. Cole, I'm very impressed with what he did at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to keep our eye on him because um, he's got it. And he's going to strike again before the season's in, in you know, before it ends. I he's like there's several win. of these rookies that I think. Yeah. Uh, this is a very yeah. good rookie class that we've got. And I probably should have picked Tyler Redrick. He's another as one. A, as maybe a long shot because um, he's another one that um, can sneak up and surprise you. And he's done well at Texas. He, he, he drives very well here, so. Well, we will we'll watch and we'll see and then and again we'll be back um after the race or whatnot to find out who and, who's right and who's not. <laughs> and I think I just real quick going back to the truck and Xfinity race, Dawn, I think we're gonna see some really good racing in those two classes. I do too. Week. And I think we're gonna okay. see some dust ups. I really do, because it's oh, gonna be yeah. hot. Tempers hot are gonna be hot. hot. Tempers are gonna be gonna be hot hot action on the track. And hot heads in the cars. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right, guys, uh, have yourself a great weekend. Stay safe. Mike, I'm going to do a little something for you real quick. Here we go. There you go. Jump on that train to Texas for the race. Well, you guys have a great weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.